0: weeks ago now on this thing called apostolic, uh, sorry, revival hubs. I'm retraining my, mem- my mind because I call them apostolic hubs. So if I call it an apostolic hub, I'm talking about the same thing, okay? You can give me a little forgiveness there. And so he laid the foundation of of what an apostolic hub is. And an apostolic hub, the foundation of it, and, it, and it's scriptural, is, is this apostles and prophets with Jesus as a chief cornerstone. Everybody remember that? Okay, that was, that was a little weak, so we're going to have to work on that. And, and then he talked about, he, he did some teaching on that, and then last week I picked up about, you know, ap- apostolic hubs or these revival hubs. Each one of them are going to kind of have their bent, Okay. Each one of them are going to kind of have their uniqueness. It's okay. Everybody say it's okay. Okay? I think in 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 knowing Apostle Ray, we're going to probably have a bent to international missions. We're probably going to have a bent to the seven mountains. It's okay. You're not you're not going to find this in every apostolic hub. It's okay. It's called the assignment. Okay, that's what that's called. It's called what does God want to do in this region? And that's what we're gonna do. We're not gonna be a Bethel, we're not gonna be an IHOP, we're gonna be. You you gotta start, you gotta start talking to me because otherwise I'm here for a long time. So, so but one main common denominator in every revival hub is going to be. Prayer and intercession It's going to be it's, it's, it's going to be the very heartbeat of what we do And so I talked I'm just going to just briefly go through um, Prophetic intercession unlocks apostolic strategies Y'all remember that? Prayer is, gonna be the, the, is going to be the heartbeat of the apostolic hub Okay Okay we're going to have to be intentional, and we're going to go a lot deeper in that. And we talked about how prayer is unifying, but a lot of times when we get into cultures that that have intercession, it actually becomes like this division thing. And we don't like the way Sally prays because she's loud. And we don't like the way Billy prays because all he does is cry. And so I talked about not getting caught up in the methodology, okay? If you're positioned in Jesus, it's okay. Okay? And you've got to be hearing from the Father. I got a book given to me on Sunday. And I only read three chapters Sunday night before I went to bed. I said, I cannot read this anymore. I'm going to get all jacked up. Because it's a constant learn. We are in constant training. Oh, okay. You are. So I talked about what is intercession. I'm catching you up, okay? I'm doing a five-minute catch-up. What is intercession? Intercession is literally standing in the gap on behalf of a person, a place, a region, a city. Maybe you're interceding for a business, but that is what... It's simple. It doesn't have to be something that, that only a few can do. You can pray. Now, intercession is a gift. So if you find yourself wanting to pray... And, and have that intimate, that I call it my sweet spot with Jesus and with the Father, then you probably have a gift of intercession. Okay? So let's not overcomplicate things. Mm. This is going to be fun. You guys are tough. And, and so And we talked about intercession being a faith boomerang. God's not going to allow His word everybody say his word, word. to return to him void. It's not going to, it's not going to. And so I'm going to pick it up right now and I'm going to pick it up in uh, as a revival hub. What we do here is we literally pray out his plans. But that is going to take you getting quiet before the Father. And I, as I was studying again to prepare again for this week, even though I was prepared last week, Jesus is the best example of an intercessor. Man, he went and he he, he talked to God. He did nothing. And he did nothing. He said nothing unless he heard it and, and the Father told him to do it. That's, what we, that's where we have to be. And so th- I believe that there's a mighty army, and, and, and Michael is, is saying he's spilling this uh, tonight. And that's good because I've been prophesying for a long time that there's a great army of prayer warriors arising in this region. And if we want to take it and we want to f- infiltrate it with the kingdom of God, we're going to have to have this prophetic spirit within us. And so what, what, what is a great army of prayer warriors? What does that look like? I believe they see into a heavenly realm and they pull down the promises. How many of you were here Sunday? I just want to get an attendance roll. One, two, I'm kidding. But did you hear what he said? We need to be anchored and we need to know the promises. If we get in a storm, when this, when, because there's going to be storms. But if you're not anchored, you're not going to know how to pull the promises when the storms come. And so I believe that prayer warriors are like, yeah, this might be happening in the natural, but we know what he said. We know what he said about wild and wonderful uh, West Virginia. Somebody said it. So we got to remember the promises. And this mighty... um, Warriors of, uh, these mighty prayer warriors, they, they begin this process of prophetic discovery. And I'm going to unpack this a little bit more. The, the, see, it's going to take time to get strategy. We want it right now. We want to drive through McDonald's. We want it our way. We want, you know, we want it our way. We want to supersize everything and we want it real quick. We don't like process. And you know, I likened um, I, I love football. So I use football a lot of as an analogy. And I'm here to tell you it's time to get out of the crowd and come and play, game, play football. Because I want to explain that a little bit. I explained last week that because Jesus gave us the ball at Calvary, we are allowed to play offense. And so this, this process is first downs. Can we, can we agree with that? And listen, sometimes we're going to pass the ball. Sometimes we're going to run the ball. And sometimes we're going to say, time out, huddle up. It's process. But we have one goal in mind. Touchdown. Touchdown. Does that make sense? Like, like I was trying to figure out how I'm going to um, give this prophetic discovery to you. And that's, that's my best analogy. It's time to play ball. And we're going to have to trust the apostolic authority to make the calls, to call them in. But it's not going to be done without the team of prayer warriors saying we're, we're in the game. get off the sidelines and get in the game. And sometimes you're going to be on the sidelines. There we're, we're, there's going to be shifting in this. Yeah, sometimes you sometimes you have a good game, sometimes you don't. But anyways, but it it may take time to discover this. It may take time to discover this prophetic d- this prophetic thing that we want to see birth and I'm going to unpack this so keep, don't 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 tap out right now. But you can never exhaust what heaven has to say about this place. We'll never exhaust it. The moment we think we hit the hit the mark, I believe God's going to say go deeper. Go deeper. That's what I believe. And so we are in a time of prophetic discovery. And I like to think about this as climbing to a higher perspective. We literally are climbing a a tower of prayer. We're going to have to climb in to daddy's lap and we're going to have to see from that place. We can't see from the, and I'm gonna, I'm, I don't wanna get ahead of myself, but if you want to discover the word of the Lord hovering over this land, hovering over this region, you're gonna have to get to a place where you can, where you can hear it and get all the gibberish out. Stay with me. When you climb the, 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 the tower of prayer, and you you see heaven's intent, and you hear the voice of the Father, suddenly you give voice in this realm. And it takes on life. You are either creating good or bad with your words. Did you know you create your world? You're creating your world. And so I believe that as we, as we, as we come into this prophetic discovery and as we climb into this higher perspective, God suddenly starts saying, do this, do this, move here. My life, I mean, we're talking about revival hubs right now, but my life is in a constant prophetic discovery of if, if I wouldn't have been hearing from God, I wouldn't be standing here today. Some of you would not be sitting here if you don't have, if you did not have prophetic discovery in your life. Does that make sense? Okay, we're all tracking. So I want to encourage you tonight that the Father is revealing things to you so you give it a voice in this realm. That's why he's telling you things. And I want to tell you, as much as we give heaven voice here, in, in, in Amos 3 he says... He does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to the prophets. He wants to talk to us. He wants to engage with us. And so but you better believe that the enemy is ready to counterattack. He's ready to, to, to come against the very thing heaven says for this place. The spirit of poverty guess what, we're going to, we prophesy that, that abundance is coming and we hear, we hear a word of God and we're going to put our, our, our foot on the enemy and guess what happens tomorrow, our car breaks down. You better be willing to go and say, that's not right. Or you're just going to say, well, I guess this is just the, the deck of cards I got dealt. No. That's not how this works. And so in Habakkuk 2, 1, it says, I will stand my watch, set myself on the rampart, and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. You're going to have to stand and watch and hear and get the correction, get the word of the Lord and give it voice. That's what we do on Sunday mornings. That's what we're doing in that place. And then we can watch the confirmation come. In our staff meeting, Apostle Ray, I don't think he knows this, but about two months ago, someone in the prayer room said, I am removing Ichabod from the house. He doesn't know this. I I don't think he knew that. For one month, we prayed. And I have witnesses. We prayed for the glory and presence of God to come to the house and replace Ichabod, which means no glory. Last week, someone came up to him who I believe is is new, the way he he explained it. And she came up to him and said, Ichabod is removed. I mean, you don't make that up. And in staff meeting, I was like... "Mm." Yes. It wasn't even my word. I don't care. I want his glory and I want his presence here. Here and now. Did you hear the new sound coming out tonight? Get used to it. I believe we're coming into a time of prophetic intercession teams. I talked about this briefly last week, but it's super unsafe for you to go into a, prophetic, um, into a prophetic intercession without backing. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you're not assigned to it, don't do it. Have backup. And I believe that these prophetic intercession teams, they have one goal. And that is to hear the heart of the Father And make that touchdown Run that ball Move that ball Advancement That's what we're going to be doing With the intercession teams And I believe that these intercession teams Are going to stand boldly As watchmen They're going to stand boldly And we're going to see that We're going to call down the promises of God For this city For this state For this region For the East Coast that's what we're going to do for Family Worship Center. We're going to have to call down the promises of God. So what's Satan going to do? He's going to try to counterattack this glory word that just came. We're going to have to contend for it. And and so prophetic inters- intercession teams are are literally the fuel. To make this thing move. You know, we hear a lot of, of, of times of, about vehicles representing ministries. And everybody's like, well, you need to put that thing in drive or you're not going to go anywhere. And, and, and I believe a lot of people put it in drive, but they forget to put the fuel in. Which is the prayer. It's the prayer. It's what's going to, it's the intercession. It's what's going to drive this apostolic hub. It's what's going to drive us. And please stop looking in the rearview mirror. That's not prophetic. That's pathetic. It's sick. Stinking thinking. Because all you can do is look in the rearview mirror. Oh God, I hope they don't come after me. Stop it. You're going to need some washer fluid if you live in West Virginia. You're going to need to clean that... That, that window sometimes I lived in Arizona for 18 years And I'm, I'm not lying I never changed my washer fluid Just saying uh, It just now I like go to Walmart And it's like milk Okay Now you're laughing This is good But, the, but, but these prophetic intercession teams Are literally the, literally the fuel For the revival hub if you don't have prayer, you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. And so intercession is, is the womb of revival. Now don't get antsy. We all know wombs represent a birthing. But I believe we're about to become pregnant people. And we're going to become pregnant with promise. And we're going to have to begin to pray that promise and that purpose out. And I think for this, for this house, I think there, that, that this thing has been carried for too long. It's time to burst something up in here. <laughs> expectancy. When I'm carrying my child, there's some expectancy going on. There's expectancy that I'm going to birth something. And so I want to say to you, don't be discouraged if you don't see it tomorrow. It's okay. We're going to birth this. We're becoming pregnant with purpose. And then there must be this activation of faith that comes along. It's going to have to be activated by faith. And, and, and I'm talking about when you want to get activated in faith, just start praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about personal edification. I'm talking about deep to deep. I'm talking about praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, I got really quiet. We do pray in the Holy Ghost here, just so you know. <laughs> and, and, and that's okay too, but when you begin to pray with the Spirit, it activates something within you. And I want to say to you that what you do in the physical, What you do here, what you say here, releases something in the spiritual realm. It releases something in the spiritual realm. And I think we've had our churches filled with new people for too long. Because when you give voice to God's word and you become pregnant with purpose, and you begin to give that purpose voice, it's all over. Romans eight twenty six to 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. With groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is. You you can know. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When you come into intercession there's a waiting period where you're like what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Remember I talked last week about a lot of times we go into these intercession times and we go into the prayer rooms and we just go in with our own agendas and we automatically handcuff God. We handcuff Him. We take Him right out of the equation. See, I believe that there's a level of spirit prayer that can burst from your womb, that can burst from your belly. And it will flow out And saturate everything Some of us need to get ready to swim When I was here in May I literally saw the Ezekiel chapter Where it was just coming in under the doorframe, And it rose to a river And last summer you guys had major floods I don't think that was God punishing you I think that was God saying Let's shift some things around because when the floodwaters rise, things get shifted. Get ready to swim. See, God, I believe that when, when we are in the Holy Ghost prayer and we're, we're seeking heaven, I believe that it actually opens up this, this moment in time where God can come in and there's this deep-to-deep thing going on that no one can explain. You can actually exhaust the English language in prayer. But you will never exhaust praying in the Holy Ghost. You will never exhaust that. And so, and through that level, through that level, through that depth of prayer, it releases this rescue mission that just goes out and starts. I believe when you are praying in the Holy Ghost, it's literally activating because your sound's going into the atmosphere and you're literally activating people's faith. And they're like, like, have you ever been in a room and and the whole room starts shifting? I believe it's because people are praying. Because it's shifting. I'm talking about shifting for the good. Don't stone me. You know what I'm saying. But God has need of you. Remember I read you Ezekiel and Isaiah last week. He was looking for someone to intercede and he could find no one. I shared those verses with you last week. He's looking for you to go to that heightened place, to go to that deep place and begin to pray out his purposes. And in that moment... Where God decides, hey, this is it. I'm coming in. And we open that portal, so to speak. He literally comes in and he decrees, and he and true transforming revival is birthed in that moment. In that moment. I, I want to just say something that I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to. To say and, and I'm not gonna go into this in, in depth, but listen, do not pray. I believe there's 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 realms, there's there's dimensions, and, and I'm not gonna get into that, but the first realm, and this is biblical, but the first realm is what we see here and now, right? Everybody, amen. The second realm is where the demonic and the angelic are having their hissy fits. And then there's the third realm, which is the glory of God, the presence of God. And I want to say to you, do not pray from the first and second realm. Because the moment you pray from the first realm, you will pray from a place of logic and reason. And you will be defeated. Don't pray from that place. You will focus on the wrong things But when you focus When you pray from that third realm Where the presence of God is You will begin to get strategy And you will become victorious We must go higher We must climb that tower of prayer To get prophetic discovery To become pregnant with, prom- with purpose and promise See intercession comes forth To turn attacks. I was studying a couple weeks ago, and this verse, no weapon formed against you, kept coming. And I thought, I'm missing something because boy, I love. We even sang a little bit about it tonight. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Ha! Doesn't say that there won't be a weapon formed. And then it hit me. It's a promise. It can't prosper, but it's not saying it won't form. So what weapons forming against you that you need to say, Mm-mm. I know what my promises are. It can't prosper. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And so intercession comes to turn the attacks. And I want to pick up in Acts twelve, one to seven. And, and we're, I'm, I'm going to read this story because I believe that we are having persecution here and now. We may not be getting drugged to jail tonight. We may not be getting killed tonight for, for what we believe. But let me tell you, we are. there is persecution in the world. It looks very different. Our kids are coming under persecution in our school systems. Acts 12, 1 to 7. I'm going to pick it up there. And the church is, is on high alert right now because of persecution. it says, And now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James the brother of John with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. And Peter was therefore kept in prison. But. Constant prayer. Not just a little, oh Lord. Hope he's okay. You know we fall into that sometimes. We get that prayer. Can you please pray for me? Yeah, you know, bless her. But constant prayer. I think it was a fall on your face. Deep cries to deep prayer in that moment. Was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains, all in the natural, all in the natural, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. And now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side. I don't know man, I, don't, I, I often wonder what that looked like. like, did he get a kick? I don't know. And on the side and raised him up saying, "Arise! Quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Action in the physical will bring bring a release in the spiritual to change your current situation. That's what that prayer did for Peter. It loosed an angel in that moment to loose Peter. Do you have that kind of faith tonight? I mean, that's some crazy praying going on right there. I'm ready. And Satan in that moment was trying... I want to say something to you tonight. Before a kingdom assignment can even get off the ground going, the enemy is always there to distract and detour it. And that's what he was doing in that moment. And in that moment, the church rose said, uh uh-uh. We know the promises of God. We know the promises of God. We're not moving off the promises of God. I believe something rose up in them and they said, we're going to declare what God wants to be done. Come on, that's for the house. We're going to declare the promises and the will of God for the house. And they refused to allow the enemy to win. And in that moment, they said, uh-uh, we got the ball. I love football. Sorry, I just, you know, I could preach a whole message on on, on, on that. But I believe that God wants us to that level of heightened prayer. And in our day, I'm sorry, but in our day and in, in age that we live in, we don't have time. I had someone a couple years ago ask me, well, well, what does your prayer life look like? And I laughed. I said, do you ever pray when you're loading the dishwasher? Start. Because sometimes as a mom and a working mom, that's how prayer looks at moments. But God still hears them. Because when I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, I don't have to be worried if I'm saying the right words or not saying the right words. I can be praying... All the time in the Holy Ghost, loading, unloading the dishwasher. All the time. Don't get caught up in well, you know I can't get up at three a.m. and and I can't. Don't get caught up in that. Just start praying. Just start praying, and know this: that spiritual warfare is raging over our cities. These attacks. That, that were attacking the, the the first church or or, or, or the, the the kingdom uh, movement that back then is still they're still attacking today it hasn't changed. see I believe that the church when we don't understand that there's these attacks and don't get me wrong you don't always look at the negative kind of like the Ichabod word that came in prayer I thought oh. There's no glory here. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> but the point was is that we heard from God and we got strategy and we began to pray that his glory and his presence would manifest here and now. Amen. I actually think that that word was released on, on January 1st. I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and... And look at my notes. That's why I take notes. But if we don't understand that the enemy has a plan and he has a strategy to take us out, we don't understand the treasure that's in the balance. And this comes to identity for the church and for people. If you don't understand tonight that you are not a blood bought child of God and that you are a treasure, he literally mined you out. You're not worried about these attacks. You're worth fighting for. You're worth fighting for. And so I believe that when we understand that there is a mass, there's a mass of people out there that are full of treasure and you are called to go out and mine it out of them and call those attacks, put your foot, neck and say mm, mm-mm. you don't possess him the king of glory possesses him and you begin to get purpose for that person you begin to call them at, 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 you begin to call them out of that place of darkness no matter what you see in the natural the church could have said this is real bad man we got a guy locked up in there what are we going to do and I can just see us let's let's have a staff meeting real quick Where are we going to hide? That's how we think now. I mean, let's be real. They didn't think like that. They went into prayer, they went into contending on behalf of one man's life. So I have a question for you What's God asking you to contend for? Your region, your city. Your government? What's he asking you to have spiritual warfare over? See, it, it's going to take an apostolic governing and a prophetic warfare to see advancement. It's going to have to be both. It's going to have to be this apostolic foundation with apostles and prophets, but it's going to have to have layers upon layers of prayer. It's going to have to have prophetic warfare. And together, when they're contending together, we will see victory. We're going to see victory. And without intercessors, intercessors going on, when, you, when you're called to intercede, hell's legions may be successful in holding out that very outpouring. If the church wouldn't have prayed, I think the persecution would have intensified. Now, we know it did intensify. But the fact is, is a guy was, that's a pretty awesome story. A miraculous story at that. And so when intercessors come together and they pray, it literally holds back the attacks. I was reading in a book, and I just want to share this quickly. Those who own The airways control the atmosphere. The airways are the spiritual climate over our city. When we take ownership of the airways, we will see a shift. You're going to have to own what Satan is currently owning called airways. And I'm not going to dive into that tonight. But they're literally, they control our atmosphere. The oppression that, that, that you can feel sometimes, the poverty spirit that we sometimes feel, we're going to have to take ownership over them. Intercessors. Um, w- w- the enemy is already trying to stop an apostolic hub from being birthed. He's already trying to get us off court. He already tries to do that. I don't know. Apostle Ray can probably give you more because he, he has he's the authority of the house. But I'm telling you, I can feel it. I can feel it. And I want to tell you, it's going to take violence. It says the kingdom of heaven um, in, in Matthew. Suffer by violence, but the violent take it by force. That is how it is. And so when we think about intercession, know that you're turning the attacks of the enemy over this region. I'm ready to see Beckley Wild and Wonderful. I, I really have you ever just thought, what does that look like? Woo! I'm from I'm from Phoenix, so. I know what wild and wonderful, well, I think I know what wild and wonderful looks like. Just kidding. Wow. It's not just desert there, okay? I live there. So I brought some life. But what does wild and wonderful look like for you? What does heaven say about this play, about family worship center? See, I believe that Family Worship Center actually has a prophetic destiny. Stop looking in the rearview mirror and start pressing forward and getting the prophetic, the prophetic word. Some of you have been here a long time, and I just want to say to you, get, break that rearview mirror off. Get some fuel in that vehicle, and let's put it in drive. I could pray right there. I want to share with you, you know, we hear about great revivalists. We hear about great people all the time. I mean, you've all probably, if you ever get a chance to just study revivals of past, it's, it's phenomenal. And those guys, man, they're Hall of Fame. You know, there's books written about them. I'm going to talk to you really quick, and I'm going to close, about Charles Finney. How many of you know who Charles Finney is? Go home and Google him. Just don't look at the negative stuff. Look at the positive stuff. Because <laughs> you can find good and bad on the Internet. But I, 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 I'm, I'm building something here. Charles Finney was an American Presbyterian minister and a catalyst and leader in the second great awakening in the United States. He was, he was said he has been called the father of modern-day revivalism. Sounds like a great guy, right? Agree. OK. It was Finney's name who was recorded in Christian history, but I have a question: Who was his fuel? Do you know him? I, honestly, if I wouldn't have researched, I wouldn't know him either. Sorry. Who was his intercessors? Who paved the way for him to go? Their names were Daniel Nash and Abel Clary. Christ for All Nations evangelist Daniel Colindus wrote an article about Nash, and these are some of the points that he had to say. Nash would precede Finney's arrival into a city for a revival. That means he went before. He would stay in his room for days or weeks interceding, Weeping, decreeing, and groaning in the spirit. It was reported that Nash would not quit until he felt the atmosphere change and be prepared for Finney's revival. He took over the airways. He took over the airways. And so then this revival, he can come in and woo. this is good. But somebody did the work. Somebody, and I'm not saying he didn't do the work, don't hear me wrong in that. But historians report that regions were so affected and so impacted and, and, it, and it can be felt for centuries later, centuries later, later. I believe that what we're going to birth in this place and what we're doing here should and will be felt for centuries later. What we, I mean, that's not our goal. Our goal is to make Jesus famous. But you are him. You're, you're, you're walking him. You're, you're supposed to exemplify him to your neighbor. Finney's powerful preaching, it impacted so many people. But four months after Daniel Nash died, the revival began to wane. And it's it's said that Charles Finney left the evangelistic field to pastor a local church. He lost some fuel. And later, Charles Finney actually later wrote about his second intercessor, Abel Clary, continued as long as I did. And he did not leave until after I had left. He never appeared in public, but he gave himself wholly to prayer. And the burden of his soul would frequently be so great that he was unable to stand and he would writhe in agony. I was well acquainted with him and know something of the wonderful spirit of prayer that rested upon him. He, as a, he was a very silent man as almost all who, are, who, have this powerful, who, who have this powerful spirit of prayer on them. Makes you think. Where's the intercessors? Where are they? We have a team. I talked about this last week. We have a team going to Africa, to to Kenya. Who's going before them? We can be right here, right now, with our words, going before them and laying a landing strip for them to come in. Because I can tell you the enemy already knows they're going to be there. He knows they're going. And so we need to gather intercessors, and this just had come to me in, in the last couple of weeks. We need to gather intercessors that are called. Don't do it unless you're assigned to it. Don't do it unless you're called to it. Even if it looks like fun, don't do it. But who are we going to call out? Who is God calling out to say, you're one of them? You're one of them. Because the Charles Finneys of the world have intercessors, had intercessors. Stand up with me. It's rare, it's unique, but we're going to call them forth. We're going to call them forth. Are you with me? And you say, well, I don't know about this. No, you're called. You're qualified. Now get in the battle. In some way. I'm not saying everyone has this intercess- intercessory gift, but we're all called to pray. If God puts it on you, please pray. Here at Family Worship Center, we value this gift of intercessors. And the reason we value them is because they are hearing from God. We just got another confirmation on Sunday that says we're hitting the mark. We're hitting the mark. I want to hit the mark. Do you want to hit the mark? And I want to say to you, you know you're praying with heaven because you're going to see the changes. I'm seeing the changes. When you pray, you see the changes in your family, in your children, in your, in your, in your children. You're going to see the changes. Are you ready to get pregnant? I like that. Are you ready to be pregnant with purpose? Okay. Woo! You almost all tapped out of here. Men, women, it's time to get pregnant with purpose and get to a level of heightened prayer where we have this prophetic discovery that we say, ah, that's what God had. Would you come to the altar tonight? We're just going to do an activation and we're not going to be long. Just come. Can we pray together? See, when we begin to link arms as an army and we begin to pray for one another, we begin to see one another's spirits, we begin to see one another's hearts, and suddenly my angst with you is no longer there because I know your heart. I know your spirit. We are called in this hour to not see anyone by the flesh but by the spirit of God. And if you want to know that there's treasure out there, you're going to have to get out of this realm and you're going to have to say, God, open my eyes to the spiritual realm. And let me call them forth in this hour. Some of you tonight need to start calling your children what they were birthed for. Not the drug addiction, not the alcohol problem, but what they were birthed for. Some of you need to, be, to speak to that person that's causing oppression to come. And you just need to say, I fill you with the joy of the Lord. I don't care what it looks like. Just do it. Mark's already got it. Father, I thank you for filling him with the joy of the Lord. I thank you for a spirit to spirit connection. And what the enemy meant for bad to steal that. <laughs> it's only goodness coming to you. <laughs> you laugh at that devil. You laugh at that devil. Some of you tonight are facing your marriages. You're saying, man, I, I don't know. The point is is get that perspective from heaven and start speaking it into your marriage new sound breaks old cycles pray different war different sound different just begin to pray all over this place that some Sunday morning we are not going to be in a little room anymore because the room can't hold us because prayer will fuel this, this, this prophetic discovery for Beckley, West Virginia for Family Worship Center for Uprising, for Thrive it will be prayer that's going to birth it you for every intercessor that's here tonight I pray a hedge of protection around them I pray a hedge of protection around their families I pray a, a hedge of protection even around family worship center right now we just pray a hedge of protection that what God is breathing in this hour and what we're giving voice to in this hour cannot be diverted by a counterattack of the enemy there's an army rising that's dressed for battle you're not dressed with oppression you're dressed with the garment of praise and I'm not going to go into preaching this but be a happy intercessor because we serve a good daddy who wants to do good things are you ready he's showing you, contend for that family member, contend for that business, contend for this house, contend for the vision and the mission of this house.